Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, all so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs today. Hello, and welcome to episode 79 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. This is Christina Simmons, and in this episode, I focus upon how it is that prayer transforms us, and it makes all things possible in our lives. So I want you to be listening closely how it is that our prayer isn't about us going and pleading with God to change things in our lives, but rather how it is that spending time with God actually transforms us so that we're able to see the hand of God at work in our lives and so that we're able to see how God is bringing about all things in our lives that we truly desire, those very prayers that we're bringing to him. So buckle up and enjoy this food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, and see you on the flip side. Hello, I'm Christina Simmons from Say Yes to Holiness, and this is the latest edition of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast, where I try to give you food for the head, heart, hands, and feet to help you be able to say yes to the life that God desires for each and every one of us, that life of purpose, peace, and abundance. So let's begin. Our food for the head comes from the pork layers of perpetual adoration and their manual for Eucharistic adoration. It says, in our self-centered culture and classic American emphasis on work, we often feel we have to accomplish something during our times of prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. We rate our experience by how good our prayer was, how heartfelt our devotion was, or how focused we could remain. Yet prayer and contemplation are fundamentally God's work in which we are invited to participate. We need only to give him the opening and he will do the rest. By coming to adoration, we are handing him the keys to our hearts, allowing the rays of his love and grace to bathe our souls in the light of his presence, as the rays of the sun bathe our bodies in light. If we can take the time to pull away from the busyness and distractions of life and just sit at his feet, he will lead us. Wow. There is so much that is contained here for us to be able to reflect upon. And I think, you know, I struggle with this whole idea about how good is my prayer? Am I praying well? Am I having a good conversation? Uh, How do I feel? Uh, Do I have a good resolution that I can take away and uh, apply to my day? Um, All of these things are about me when time, especially in prayer, 
and times before the Blessed Sacrament are definitely times of prayer, or should be, um, we need to allow God to do His work. This is when He is doing the work, and we just participate. How do we participate? By being present. We strive to be present as much as we can. And what does it mean to be present? Well, to be present to another person is to actively listen to them. By actively listening, it means that we're not just listening to what they say with a you know, with our brain going a hundred miles an hour of how can I respond to that? What can I say to rebuke that? What can I say? You know, it's not about our response. When we're actively listening, we're being present, and we're listening. We're listening with our hearts first. And this is what we have to do when we come to prayer. We need to be able to set aside all these different things that we think we need to get done. And we need to just simply direct our thoughts to God and let Him do that heavy lifting. But many times we'll come away from a time of adoration because we might have been distracted, might have been, you know, very present for uh, 30 seconds or a couple of minutes or, you know, and then all of a sudden we're distracted because someone moved or, you know, the incense, you know, uh, caught our attention as it was wafting up to the, up to the ceiling. And so then we think that our prayer time wasn't very good because we didn't really feel any different afterwards. Um, and this is the thing that we, you know, will start beating ourselves up, you know, saying, I didn't try hard enough, I shouldn't have been distracted, and, you know, it's those tapes going on in our mind, and this is where Satan loves to wander around. He loves to be able to say, look, you failed again, look, you're not doing good, and that's not what's going on. God is just desiring for us to be present. His way is very simple, and it's gentle, and it's quiet. And this is why adoration is one of the greatest gifts that God can give us, and we can give ourselves, um, is by going to and spending time in adoration. Because that's when we're able to have our souls bathed in his presence, in the light of his love and his mercy. And it can heal us, fundamentally heal us of all of our anxieties and our worries and our concerns and our to-do lists. And it can help us be able to open our minds in a particular way, our minds as well as our hearts to being transformed into a reflection of the one who loves us. And this can only happen if we stop trying to think of ways that we can pray better. Um, instead, we need to admit the fact that this is God's work. I'm showing up, and my work is to try and be as present as I can. And when I fail, which we all do, including myself, to not beat ourselves up about it but rather to get our, pick ourselves up figuratively, pick ourselves back up, and to try again. So our food for the heart 
comes from St. Francis de Sales and his introduction to the devout life. He writes, prayer brings our mind into the brightness of divine light and exposes our will to the warmth of divine love. Nothing else can so purge our mind from its ignorance and our will from its depraved affections. It is a blessed fountain which, as it flows, revives our good desires and causes them to bring forth fruit, washes away the stains of infirmity from our soul, and calms the passions of our hearts. Again, continuing this conversation about prayer and what is going on, and particularly about the fact that prayer is what will help our minds be transformed. And our mind so desperately needs to be transformed. We need to set aside all of that stuff, all of those bad things that are going on in our head that are telling us that we're less than who it is that God's created us to be. For us to set aside that I'm not worthy, to set aside that I'm not good enough, to set aside I have to earn God's love. So as our mind is transformed and our minds are being purged of all of these thoughts and also our ignorance about all of who God is and then our will is also strengthened and what happens is is that when our will is strengthened by spending time in prayer with God then we're able to set aside all of those depraved affections that we have all of those temptations that we have to indulge uh, for me chocolate almonds are, are top on that list um, and also um, things that are sweet uh, one of the hardest struggles I think is that we will uh, want to spend time in prayer and we're bringing to God all the things that we think are most important when many times they're the least important so we need to allow God to be able to transform our minds through the brightness of his divine light allow his light to shine in our hearts into the places that he desires to transform to shine his light into the places so that we are able to be given the strength we need to be able to resist all those temptations that we are encountering so that our good desires are revived they come to life again and then those will be what bears fruit and this is what saint francis of sales is talking about is that he's talking about it's in those moments of that quiet time of prayer and conversation with god that he then washes away all the stains of our infirmities of all the stains of all of our weaknesses he washes those away and he calms the passions of our hearts and when this happens, when all of this happens, then we find our minds and souls are at peace. And how many of us are struggling with peace? How many of us are desiring more peace? It's what we're longing for. And we're longing for peace that fills us with goodness. We're longing for peace that 
gives us the eyes of truth, her longing for peace that helps us be able to absorb and to see all the beauty that lies around us. And it's this peace from which all graces and blessings flow. It's this peace of love that flows from that divine light that is bathing our minds and our hearts. And it fills us with the warmth of God's love. I know that many times that people will talk about, you know, that mountaintop experience of when they encountered God's love. And it fills you with warmth. It makes you feel safe. It takes away all of those concerns, anxieties, and worries. And we are just present. This is true peace. And this is what prayer can do if we spend the time. So the question is, are you? Our food for the hands comes from St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. And where she writes, One just soul can obtain pardon for a thousand sinners. So recently we celebrated the Feast of the Sacred Heart. And... It was the devotion to the Sacred Heart that St. Margaret Mary Alacoque became well-known. Uh, she was a devoted proponent of the Sacred Heart, and she worked to, uh, to share the devotion far and wide with as many people as she could in her lifetime in the 18th century. So in the 1700s, she's doing everything she can to tell people about the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And it's beautiful for us to be mindful of the fact that, um, you know, the devotion to the Sacred Heart, you know, that Jesus revealed to, to Margaret Mary is that it's his heart and is burning with love for humanity. It's pierced and is crucified, but it offers salvation and mercy. Jesus' heart just longs for us. To offer our love and devotion in return and if we have a distorted version or idea of what this mercy and love looks like if we are only focused upon God and his punishments if we're um, only looking upon God as judge and unforgiving father then we'll miss the message of mercy and this is a part of why Jesus came and shared the message of his sacred heart with St. Margaret Mary, so that we would know the message of mercy. Because God doesn't want us to fear him. He wants us to love him. And his divine love and joy are manifest. They're made present in his sacred heart. So if Jesus is seeming to be distant or unapproachable for some reason, think of his sacred heart. Think of his heart burning with love for humanity. Another uh, analogy uh, was given to us by St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta of where she talked about uh, Jesus sharing with her how he thirsts and how the words on the cross of I thirst was not about a physical thirst, i.e. 
they gave him gall, you know, on a stick and it was bitter. Um, but he truly was thirsting for souls. And this is what the Sacred Heart does. The Sacred Heart is burning with love for us, is burning with mercy for us. And this is what we have to remember why it's possible that one just soul, a soul that is seeking to love as Jesus loves, a soul that is just, and what is justice? Is to give another person their due. What is due them? So if there is one just soul that's seeking to do this, then they can obtain pardon for a thousand sinners. This is the power of being in union with God. And this is the power of love and mercy. We have the opportunity to try to be that just soul, to allow God's grace to transform us so profoundly that we then can share the love of God with other people and help them experience the same joy, the same love that we experience and that Jesus wants to just shower upon them just like he showers his love upon us. This is the great call. This is the great invitation. And we have to believe that it's possible. This is why devotion to the Sacred Heart is such a beautiful way to remind us of it is possible. Why? Because God is burning with love for us. He's thirsting for us. And we need to do the same for others. We need to be thirsting for others' souls. We need to be desiring, burning with love for them, be willing to do whatever is necessary in order to help them be able to come to know Jesus just as we do. We shouldn't be afraid to speak of our love. We shouldn't be afraid to share what that love is like. We shouldn't be afraid because Jesus has died for us. He has made it possible for us to be able to help him save souls, to help him be able to bring all the prodigal sons and daughters home to, to the Heavenly Father. He has made it possible through his life, death, and resurrection for us to do this. And his sacred heart is that reminder that he longs for our love. He simply longs for us to just offer our love in return. This is what Jesus desires. So when we are contemplating that, we have to believe that it's possible. God has done the impossible. We have to believe that it is possible. And when we do, then we have the courage to say yes. What do we say yes to? We say yes to being transformed. We say yes, I desire to be loved as you desire to love me. I, I, I say yes to being transformed in my mind and heart in such a way that I no longer resist the love that you desire to give me. That I know that I am worthy. That I know that I am loved beyond measure. That I know that I don't have to earn this love, but rather I just need to say yes and be loved. This is the possibility. So our questions, do we believe this? Are we willing to be transformed? Are we willing 
to strive to become that just soul that will help someone else encounter the love and mercy of God. Our food for the feet comes from St. Faustina in her diary, Divine Mercy. These actually were Jesus's words to St. Faustina. Give away everything at the first sign of a demand, even if they were the most necessary things. Do not ask for anything without consulting me. Allow them to take away even what is due you. Respect your good name. Let your spirit rise above all that. And so, set free from everything, rest close to my heart, not allowing your peace to be disturbed by anything. My pupil, consider the words which I have spoken to you. So Jesus, he spoke to St. Margaret Mary about his sacred heart in the 18th century, in the 1700s. And then, 200 years later, speaking to St. Faustina. And he's building upon his message of mercy and love. And he builds upon it by telling us that we need to grow in trust and be at peace regardless of what might happen. Regardless of what someone wants to take away from us regardless of even if they are necessary things. So even if somebody wants to take away our food and our drink, you're fine with it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is going to nourish us. Why? Because we will be set free from everything so then we can rest close to Jesus' heart so that we won't be disturbed by anything. But the biggest thing is that we should be willing to allow them to take what is due us, our respect, our good name. We should be willing to be disparaged. We should be willing to suffer gossip and lies that are told about us. We should be willing to do that. And we should be willing to do it from the first moment that is asked of us. But do nothing without consulting God first. We're not to be disturbed by whatever might happen. Ask Him. Seek strength from Him. And remain at peace. Jesus' instructions to St. Faustina here are very similar to the ones that I talk about when we're striving to abandon ourselves to God's will. The fourth, you know, the fourth step, but the four steps I talk about. And those four steps, again, are daily prayer and meditation and living that life of grace through frequenting the sacraments, striving to grow in virtue. And then the fourth is abandoning ourselves to God's will. And how can we hit God's will? How can we do this as much as possible? And I talk about hitting God's will on the dot. And the dot is, stands for detachment, obedience, and trust. So these are the three things that we have to strive to cultivate in our lives. We have to strive to be detached from all things. And this is what Jesus is talking about. Give away everything at the first sign of demand. Just give it away. Don't be attached to it. Just give it away, even if it's a necessary thing. The other is obedience. And this is where he talks about 
Don't do anything without asking me, without consulting me. To be obedient, we need to listen. Again, it goes back to prayer. Again, it goes back to that trust. And then that T is that trust. That trust that regardless of what might seem to be bad things, we are to trust Him in the midst of them. We're to be able to uh, say, Lord, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. This is at the bottom of the, of the image of divine mercy. Jesus, I trust in you. This is what it is to be a faithful disciple of Christ. This is what it is to walk the way of Christ. This is what we have to ponder. Just like Mary pondered all things in her heart. So that we can also grow in virtue. So that we're able to do all things promptly, easily, and joyfully. So that we can hit God's will on the dot. With detachment, obedience, and trust. We can't become indifferent. We always have to be striving <clears throat> to grow closer to God and become more like Jesus. We need to be doing all things for love of Him. This goes back to spending time in Eucharistic adoration. What is it that will come from that? Well, this is where we will then be able to bathe in the rays of his divine love. That our hearts will be filled with peace. That we will be able to just sit at his feet and he will lead us. This is what it is to detach ourselves, to be obedient and to trust. This is what it is to abandon ourselves to God's will. So what might be some resolutions that you could take from our conversation today? Well, the first and most important one would be for you to schedule a time for adoration. If you're not already going, but go and schedule a time that you're going to go and commit to spending time before our Lord in adoration. You can do this virtually or in person, but get it on your schedule. Another thing that you can do is to go and to be that sign of love and mercy to someone else. Reach out to someone that you haven't talked to recently. It could be a friend. It could be a neighbor. But go and reach out and be that sign of love and mercy that our Lord desires for us to be. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes or message me through the Say Yes to Holiness Facebook page at Say Yes to Holiness through my website at www.sayyestoholiness.com or send an email directly to me at Christina Simmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we have begun here. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we continue to tell the Master of Death, not today.
I look forward to having a conversation again with you soon.